Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. All right. Man, we're so glad that you are here. So here's the thing is um, uh, we want the 5 o'clock to be the new 10 o'clock. And um, so it... People are always asking me, well, you know, Pastor Stephen, you know, are, are you sure you want to do another small service? Are you sure you want to do these things? And so here's the thing. It, 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 I love it. It doesn't, because here's what I think is like Jesus started with 12 and changed the world. And I feel like if we continually open new opportunities for people to get involved, I don't know, when, when we started the church, we had someone speak over our lives, and, uh, and what they spoke is they said, if you will continue to develop people and, and provide opportunity, and you will help develop the ones that people overlook, they will become the ones that everybody wants. And, and that is the assignment here. So when, when, when you look around today, and you see a few empty chairs... I see a lot of potential. I do. I see a lot of potential because in a year from now, we will have people in those chairs. Because there are some people who cannot go. uh, They work in the morning. Um, They travel with their their team, their business, um, even sports once they get rolling again. And there are people who I've talked to over the last three or four years of us being a church is they've said, I wish that there was another opportunity. And so we are going to provide an opportunity. And I believe there are some people that they have just, they live very, very busy lives. And so they will get to come sleep in, relax. And then they will come and not feel rushed for all the anxiety people. They will not feel rushed. And they'll be able to start getting dressed about 3 o'clock. Come on. And, and be a stop. And then, and then come here and uh, receive the word. And we don't feel like this service is any less. In fact, we are excited that we get to start again. Yeah. Yeah. Start again. And so that's what we're going to do. So here's what we want you to do. In this season, as you can tell, we've moved out over 100 chairs, and we're not planning to pack in chairs. We're going to follow uh, the, some of the guidance of our, um, the request of our governor, and so we want you to invite your people, if they want to come, to a night service. And just, you know, and, and so here's how you can do it. You can do it subtly by just checking in. And saying, man, the night service was really good, wink. Or you can, uh, if you have a friend that you've kind of been uh, missing, you can say, hey, um, come uh, distance with us together. We'll see you on run, one row. We'll be on the other. Um, but we, we are excited about this service. Well, I got something on my heart, and, and I'm excited because uh, I get to talk about one of my favorite characters today in the Bible. We've been in a series called Stronger, and we've been talking about characters in the Bible who went through adversity and came out on the other side stronger. And obviously, uh, no one compares to Jesus in the Bible, but, but there is a character in the Bible that just 
faced one giant after another. And I can't wait for us to dive in and unpack his story because I think it's going to, first of all, it's going to challenge you, but then it's also going to encourage you because guess what? You don't have to be perfect. Come on. Come on. Listen, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do everything perfect. And God understands that if you will keep your heart out of it is everything. And so, come on, listen. We would hate for you to have come to church and cleaned up your outside, but your inside is, is rough and it's hard. So we're going to pray and we're going to get right into it. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do tonight. As we open the word, and Father, we pray that today the, that the Holy Spirit would illuminate truth in a way that we can achieve it, and that we understand it, and that we're excited to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. Now, y'all going to have to amen real loud, because uh, we're going to have church. Listen to this. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 2. It says this. Now, let me give you some context. David is about to die. Now, King David has, is epic, epic story, incredible. I mean, like one of those like movies, lifetime movie. David has just had an incredible up and down roller coaster, adversity, weakness, just incredible moment. And he's about to die. And so this is an epic inside edition, kind of a behind the scenes, if you will, of a king about to die, and his son Solomon, who is about to take over. You're about to see a transition of power, okay? And so, I don't know about you, but anytime you hear someone of great magnitude begin to give you a last word, when I leave, this is what I'm going to leave you with. And you, you, you kind of you feel like this is like a big moment. Like out of all of your life and all of your experiences, you're fixing to drop the mic. You know what I'm saying? Like this is fixing to be a moment. And in fact, it is. Listen to this. David is saying, I am about to go to the way of the earth. In other words, I'm about to take my dirt nap. I came from the ground, I'm going back. Come on, listen, listen. So many, for, for all those people who love science, let me tell you something, you came from the dirt. Listen, um, I'm about to go to the way of the earth. Be strong. Show yourself a man. I don't know about, I, it's something about this verse as David is talking to his son. Be a man. <laughs> I just—it's—I feel like it's kind of like you know, as epic music is playing in the background. Dun, dun. Be strong. Show yourself a man. Look at this. Keep the charge of the Lord your God. Look at this. Walk in His ways, keeping His statutes, statutes, His commands, His rules, and His testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses. In other words. David, I've learned some things. And every time in my life I've gotten off, it is because I didn't do this. If you will do this, then here's the thing. Look what he says. Look right, right here. Then you may prosper in all you do and wherever you turn. Come on, does anybody want to prosper? All right, seven people. That's awesome. I felt like this side of the room wants to prosper more than this side of the room. You know what I'm saying? I'm, it's not a competition, but they're owning y'all. Okay? 
look at this. And all you do, wherever you go, wherever you turn, the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons pay attention to their ways, pay attention to their ways and walk before me with faithfulness and with their heart and with all of their soul, you will not lack a man to sit on the throne of Israel. In other words, David ends this transition of power, all that he's gone through. And you understand people are singing songs about David. People know David. Little kids in Israel are playing, I'm David, I'm Goliath. Boom. You know what I'm saying? Someone hit me in the ball with the head. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he, David is just an incredible figure. But here is what he says. In what I've learned... In all of my travel, hiding, fighting the Philistines, in all that I've done, here is what I've learned. You need to watch yourself. Listen to this. You need to watch yourself, ma'am. You need to watch yourself, sir. You need to watch. I, I find it interesting that he did not warn him about the deception that's going to come because he is going to be the new king. He did not say, be careful of certain people because they will try to get close to you. That's not what he said. He did not say, I have been in many wars. And son, if you're going to go to war, you need to count the cost because a lot of good people will die. He didn't say that. He, there, there were a lot of things that you thought he would have said. In that last moment, you would have thought he would have said, son, if you're going to be a righteous king, here's how you need to treat the people. He didn't say that. He said, you need to watch yourself. And here's the deal, in 2020, where we love to watch everybody else, come on, I just need to preach real quick, because we love to watch what the politicians are doing, and we love to watch what Trump's tweeting, and we love to watch what's happening with business and economy and everything else, but you need to watch yourself. Come on. We want to watch our friends. We want to watch our parents. We want to watch our kids. We want to watch. And what we do is we begin hovering and constantly thinking about what everybody else is doing. But David is saying, I've learned some things. You need to watch yourself. Come on. In the 90s, Prophet Dr. Dre said, you need to check yourself before you, come on, what? Wreck yourself. Stop. He's not a real prophet. <laughs> there is this idea that I think we have forgotten. And we're bringing it back to the simplicity, come on, of the word. And the simplicity of the word is everything will flow out of your heart. And if your heart is not right, you cannot end up in the right place. Come on. Does this make sense? For us we got to watch our ways. And my assignment today is persevere to the end. Persevere to the end. Come on, this is not a sprint. I appreciate that you went through framework. I appreciate this year that you got saved. I appreciate that you were in an awesome church before you moved to Northwest Arkansas. But here is what I am telling you. I am more interested about how you end your life than what happened yesterday or what happened, what you did for lunch. This is a long road. I have been watching on Hulu the documentary 
of the last dance. This is not, this is not about dancing. It's not about dancing. Okay? Okay? And so some of you are like, Pastor, you want to dance? No. Um, but but it, is the, it is the 98 season. It was the end of the Bulls era with Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson. Okay? And I know some of you are like, oh, it's all self. It's, it's just watching TV. I know, I know, I know. Judge me. Um, but, but here is the thing that I have come to find out. I have been so intrigued by the story and the humanity and all the things that were going on behind the scenes that I didn't know because I was a little kid. I was like, I want to be like Mike. You know, like I was that guy drinking Gatorade. You know what I'm saying? Like I was that dude. But now I see the backstory and I see his humanity. I see the fact that competition is great, but it also took him into places, come on, that, that, that was harmful. And when I read all of this and I watch all of this, I feel like it's talking about King David. Like, like, like I know that we love the Bible, but King David is Game of Thrones. Before Game of Thrones. It is a crazy, God picks someone who's not perfect. And as we look at this, the story of David is this raw, adult edition of the good, bad, and ugly life of a legend. It's, it's un, the story is uncut. It's inappropriate at times. It's even shameful. But, but it teaches us something about persevering to the end. See, see, I don't know about you, but more than coming to church, more than checking the boxes, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear, well done. Come on, listen. Good and faithful servant. And I think that if we are not careful in this uh, 2020 culture where we don't want to talk about sin and we don't want to talk. Well, yes, of course we're under grace. Come on, listen. Of course we're under grace. But here is what I need to tell you. There will be a day when you will pass away and you will have judgment. You will come in front of the mercy seat. God the Father will come. Jesus will be present and you will be judged. You will be judged. And of course, for those that have accepted Christ, we are going to be redeemed. But you are still going to have to give an account for your life. And I believe out of studying the Bible, I feel like there are three major thoughts, maybe three major questions that could be asked in that moment. I believe that God the Father will ask the question, who did you serve? 
Who did you serve? Like, did you serve you? Did you serve man? Did you serve, come on, it doesn't matter. But who did you serve? When it came time to bow your knee, come on, time and time again in the Old Testament, there were false prophets and there were false gods that rose to power. Who are you going to serve? That's what he's going to ask you. Who did you serve? Did you serve the logo of your company? Who did you serve? He's going to ask you this. What did you do with what I gave you? We all have gifts and we all have talents. And here's the deal. This may be shocking to you, but we all have spiritual gifts. Like you have physical talents, you have natural talents, but you have spiritual gifts. And I believe that God is going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? And at that moment, you're not going to say, well, I was busy. I was preoccupied. Life was hard. I think the last thing he's going to ask you is this. How did you love? I think these are the three questions that you might hear. How well did you love? I'm not talking about how well did you love the people who loved you. I'm asking when you were rejected and offended and frustrated, did you love well or did you love conditionally? Did you love like the Father? Because as we get close to the Father, the Father, praise God, does not love us conditionally. Come on, can I get an amen from anybody in the house who blew it? You ever blown it? God never sent you a note. I'm done. That was the last time. You got too angry that time. I'm really mad at you. Come on. Did you love like the Father? See, church, it's easy to amen love, but let's talk about our ex. Let's talk about our enemy. Let's talk about that parent that we felt did not do an adequate job based on the standards that we had. Did you love? Did you love? Will you be found guilty of loving the least of these? Will you be found guilty? Come on, help me. The story of David, like our own, is complex. We see both his heart for the Lord and his humanity. His life teaches us that, that, that one person can make a difference. That God didn't pick him because of his talent or his intelligence. He picked him because of his heart. That, that, that David also teaches us that it would be far better for all of us to give mercy than judgment. Because it's very easy to follow someone thinking that they're great, knowing that we all struggle. Mercy. At the same time, it shows us that if we don't watch ourselves, sin is waiting and the enemy is hoping that we will indulge ourselves in something that will destroy and harden our heart. Come on, listen to this. Today, I want to focus on one lesson as we end this series. 
and I believe it's the biggest lesson and it's something that we should end on because I think that if we can get this one thing, I think it will calibrate many of the decisions that we make. Have you ever thought God needed to write more information on certain things? Like where is second marriage in the Bible? Let's have a whole marriage chapter. Let's have a whole parenting chapter. See, here's the thing. Come on. Have y'all ever thought about it? Like, I I appreciate this. This is really awesome. It was a lot to understand, but I really think you should have written some more that most of us won't read. No, stop, stop, stop. I know that was good. I know, that was my, my, fault, my fault. That was not spiritual at all. Okay, listen. Here's the one thought. Carefully attend to your heart. Carefully attend to your heart. Above all things, attend to your heart. The story of David starts out with the rebellion of King Saul. And like all of our stories, they are intertwined with other people's choices. Saul has chosen to be moved by people rather than the will of God. In fact, Acts chapter 13 verse 22 sums up all of Samuel, 1 and 2 Samuel, Kings. And it says this, and when he had removed him, When God had removed Saul, he raised up David to be the king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own, say it, come on, heart, who will do all of my will. Who will do all of my will. He did not say, I found someone of great talent and intellect. He did not say, I found someone who was super high capacity. He said, I found someone who would do what I asked them to do. There is almost this premise that God can deal with your humanity and sometimes even your wrong choices as you are navigating this road of life if when he speaks, you crumble. The one thing that we see from David over and over and over again is he never fought when he was caught. You're right, I'm sorry. I blew it. I messed up. I'm sorry. We got way too many people Wanting God to bless a King Saul attitude. And so when it came down to it, God said, do this. And Saul was always moved by what people thought. I can't wait. The people are getting restless. I can't remove that one king. What would the people say? And David, I will do it just like you say it. Here's the thing, is I believe all of us can relate to David. David was a no-name young man with no political power. And under the anointing of God, he became a household name. David was not perfect, but he was celebrated 
Because he stayed on the mission and persevered to the end. And come on, I am talking to some people that will persevere to the end. Persevere. Listen, I would rather you buy less Jesus shirts and end at 90. Come on, talking about the goodness of God. Listen, we are so streaky. God is looking for us to persevere unto the end. Like all of us, David's heart had many opportunities to get hurt and hard along the way. In fact, the Bible warns us, carefully attend to your heart. Watch yourself. It doesn't say watch your authority. It says watch you. It doesn't say watch your parents. It says watch you. It doesn't say, come on, listen. It doesn't say watch your boss. It says watch you. Here's the deal. If you watch you, how are you doing right now? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 32 says this. Keep your heart with all, what? What? Vigilance. For out of it flows the spring of life. In other words, we're a life-giving culture, and something should spring up. Come on, I remember being in church. Spring up, oh well, goose, 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 goose. In my what? So, y'all know the song? Spring up, oh well, splish, splash. I would never do this at the 10 o'clock. Listen. There is something about being alive in your heart that all of a sudden, see, we don't stop adversity. We don't stop hardship. We don't start those hard, we don't stop those hard things from happening to us. But the condition of your heart determines how long you run. Listen. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, keep it. Vigilance means watchfulness, attentiveness. Stay alert. Stay alert. Stop sleeping. In other words, you can't put your heart on cruise control. You can't just, oh, I, because I know it, I'm probably doing it. Because I've been to church a long time, I'm probably doing it. Because I helped launch the house, I'm probably doing it. When you look at yourself and go, are you? Are you really? See, I want to give you real quick four key responses that I believe David learned to keep his heart tender. Four key responses that I, I want to see, honestly, in our church. I want to see them in our leadership. I want to see these as we're training young men. Listen, listen, I, I've been talking to Nick for a long time. The last couple of years, he's our guitar player, worship leader. And he played worship in church on a lot of great churches. But he got to the place where he just did it because it was a place for his talent. See, see, I... I love the fact that my kids and Noah and, and all the other young people that come. but And yeah, I believe that you have to serve. I, I think that that's key. But your heart is the most important thing. Your most important thing. And so we're going to talk about these four responses real quick. The first is this. David had to learn how to handle and overcome rejection. 
Way too many people are still battling rejection and you are actually filtering God's great and wonderful love through tinted glasses. And you can't really understand all the height and depth of who God is because we're looking at it with, with I don't know, have you ever had those glasses where something's on it and it's a smudge and it's like, it's just not right? Listen. Many times David felt rejected. I mean, his whole ministry was started out of a moment of rejection. Saul is removed. The prophet Samuel makes his way to Jesse's house. David has seven brothers. Six show up in the house. David is uninvited. The whole ministry moment started with rejection. Listen, listen, and, and, and it's very hard for me because I think that sometimes we want to preach so much emotion into Scripture that sometimes we take it where it's not going. I never read that Jesse hated David. But what I think is, because we have four kids, I think Jesse was probably thinking, David's probably not going to be chosen. Who's going to watch the sheep? If we pull David from the sheep, we're going to have to have someone else watch the sheep. Really, that's just super inconvenient. I don't really think that David's probably going to be picked. So, I mean, I, like when you look at Eliab and you look at David, you, I, I mean, I just, there's a lot of choices here. And so it's more inconvenient. Come on, does that make sense? To move David up. So I'm just not going to consider him. And maybe you unknowingly have felt rejected, not because someone hated you. They just, come on. Sure, maybe you received some hate. Maybe you received some pushback. But maybe you were just overlooked. Maybe you just weren't considered. Maybe when people started to look at people and their talent and their gifting, they went, mm, not you. Yeah, you're, you're the one. Come on, does that make sense? And we've all had those moments where we felt overlooked, diminished. I just wanted my... Maybe your story is, I just, wanted, I just wanted my dad to connect with me like he did my older sister. Like I just wanted to know my mom. Like I just wanted, and you've been carrying all of that, come on, for years. And David, time after time after time, realized I'm going to have to deal with this rejection or I will never step into what God has called me to have. Think about this. David experiences rejection. I don't have time to go through all this, but pretty much every relationship in David's life, he was rejected by. He was rejected by his father. He was rejected by his king. Hey, listen, you can't fight like that. Put on this armor. As soon as David went out and killed Goliath, then Saul got jealous and ran after him. His wife, countless times, she was dismissed or embarrassed by how David did. His best friend, Jonathan, I love you, David. I'm with you forever, except for this time I'm going to go with my father and we're actually going to hunt you down. His army turned against him. His family broke up and wanted to steal his kingdom. The people in his kingdom, there were times when David was ultimately just, just, just very disrespected as king. And I am telling you that if you're going to keep your heart soft, you're going to have to deal with rejection 
Someone hear me today. Someone even listening online. Maybe you're scrolling by. But here's what I need to tell you. We are going to have to cast all of our rejection on the Lord. Listen, you are loved. You're not hearing me. All through this book, you are loved. 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 Now, I'm sure that God was like, you're also a bonehead. <laughs> you, you're also stiff-necked. You make a lot of dumb decisions. <laughs> you really do. Um, but I love you. Come on. In the, in the New Testament, for God so loved the world that he gave you are loved. You are not rejected. You are not overlooked. You are not diminished. Come on, somebody. The second thing is David had to, response that David had to deal with is discouragement. Discouragement. David was anointed at 17 and didn't take on the throne till 30. Come on. Listen, for all my millennials, all my Gen Zers, I know that messes you up. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, you hate waiting on food. I'm like, Chick-fil-A has a line. Ah. It was like, like, I mean, like, God, I, th- I don't want to tell you how to do it because I know you're really smart and vast and big and outside of time. But wouldn't it have been better for you to anoint me at 29 and a half and then at 30 me take the throne? Rather than you anoint me and get my oil bath. Come on. While I'm so, so excited, I'm rubbing in all the thieves. And I'm, and then it's like, da-da, you are anointed to be king and now I wait. Awesome, 13 years. It's great, it's great. So great, so fast, such a fast work, God. Come on. If you are going to keep your heart, you probably are not going to hit every timeline that you've set up in your life when you were writing your plan for life when you were 16 years old and your teacher said, let's come up with a 10-year goal. Just throw that one away. Come on, does this make sense? David was anointed at king and had to go back to the sheep. He killed Goliath. It got harder. It got harder. You know what I'm saying? He turned into a killer and then God put him in a position where you can't kill nobody. You don't touch Saul. Come on, listen. When he got his, finally got his kingdom, I got my kingdom. His kids tried to take it away from him. Have you ever felt in your life that it's like, awesome, I'm taking two steps forward. This is great. Dang it. I'm still, like all of your life is like, eh, it's like going forward, going back, we're going forward. Going. But here's the thing is the reason we persevere to the end is because it's not having a snapshot. Wait, the church is really bad at going, you step backwards. Mm, maybe you lost the anointing. No, no, no. I actually, I'm just like David and I jacked it up. But, but I, I'm not done yet. I haven't died yet. And I'm going to end over there. It's going to be this awesome moment. I'm going to talk to my son. I'm going to impart. He's going to be greater than I. He's actually going to be the temple of God. It's going to be awesome. If you could wait on judgment for just like another 30 years, it'll be really great. Does this make sense? Come on. Discouragement. Today, if you're discouraged about our economic condition, if you're discouraged about our nation's politics, if you're discouraged about some of the health of your loved ones, if you're discouraged about your own family dynamics, if you're wondering if that dream is ever going to happen, 
It is. It is. Listen, don't be weighed down by all the work that is left to do. See, you don't, here is the lie. You will not find fulfillment finishing what you are supposed to do. You will have a clean heart and you will live in fulfillment. If fulfillment is a destination, then God actually, his word is not true. I'm not saying that you won't have dreams. I'm not saying that you won't have desires, but you live, come on, and breathe. And even though I don't have all I want to have, and even though there's some dreams that I may not be able to see accomplished, and maybe it'll take my kids and my kids' kids. Does that make sense? Maybe there's some things that I won't get to see happen, but I can still live in fulfillment. The next is temptation. Temptation. We're talking about responses that David had to deal with. If the enemy cannot trip you up with rejection or discouragement, those are outside forces that are coming inward. Listen to this. Then he will always use, dun, 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 you. He will always use you. See, we have selfish cravings that tempt us. The Bible says that we are tempted by our own lust and our own desires. At different times in David's life, he was tempted by what he wanted, and he grabbed something that wasn't supposed to be his. Come on, listen. It is so crazy to see how David is so revered but is guilty of breaking over half of the commandments. Let's look at him. David coveted Uriah's wife. Come on. she just taken her Epsom salt bath. And he's like, hey, listen. At that moment, Nobody told David, watch yourself. The reason David told Solomon, watch yourself, is because I've been caught. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, you need to watch yourself. You need to watch yourself. Why are you scrolling? Why are you up late? Why are you talking to that person? Why are you entertaining that Facebook message? Why are you, come on, help me preach this. Why are you gravitating to that? You need to watch yourself. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. Come on, I know this is 2020 and we don't want to talk, say, you know, well, this is, everything's okay under the blood. No, 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 no. Everything is forgiven under the blood, but everything is not okay. And you will have great consequences when you choose to do it your own way. Why is adultery so wrong? Because God set up the marriage union and God instituted, instituted that a man should marry a woman and they should leave their family and become one. And so when you try to circumvent that process, you are actually saying, God, you don't know what you're doing. I know better because I feel it. Come on. David lied to Uriah in order to cover up his wrongs. So David sees this girl taking a bath. He calls her over. 
David finds out, oh my gosh. Bathsheba says, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. David calls in her husband and says, Hey, I've heard great things about you. My man, go and, you know, have relations with your wife. And he doesn't. He won't because all the other men can't. So he decides not to. He actually lies to Uriah. And when Uriah will not engage, he sends a letter, makes Uriah take it back to the captain of the guard. And in the letter, it says, put Uriah on the front line when we go into attack, as soon as we go into attack, back up and he'll die. Murder! Come on! And then David steals Bathsheba. Our lust and our pride and our control will rob us of a tender heart. And church, I need to just talk real quick for five seconds. We're going to be almost done. In fact, Nathan, if you'll come on up. But here is what I need to say to you today. We are in a saturated culture where sex is no longer sacred. It's casual. Where the family is seen as a burden, listen to this, rather than the catalyst for reaching people's hearts. Can I just 20 second time out you for a second? Your greatest mission field is to shepherd and pastor the hearts in your home. And while you do not get to choose what they choose, because everybody has a choice. I can lead my kids to drink this, but it's their choice to drink it. But we have way too many people inverting the gospel when it was clear that God, the gospel was a home-centered thing that would grow out of that. See, we've had so many friends come to our house that we've been able to influence with the gospel and it was connected to relationship. It wasn't a, get saved! And I'm not against that. I'm not against that. But I feel like God set up the family to affect the city, society, nation. Man, pastor your home. Moms, come on, if the best moment you have with God is on Sunday, can we recalibrate a little bit? Come on, you see what I'm saying? Many times David had to repent and turn because his heart wasn't right. You got to watch yourself. The last one is this. is pride. Pride. How do we know pride was a major deal for David? Because here's, can I tell you this? Success will affect your heart and it will make it hard. And some of you, listen. The other lover in your life is you. We are so proud of your degrees. We are so proud of what you do for your business. And a workman is worth his hire. And we are incredible workers. And I want the house family to be the best workers in Northwest Arkansas. Come on, I want us to give our best. But there is a story in Chronicles chapter 21. And I don't have time to read it. But 
David decides to take a census. And David wants to number, listen, all of his army. And this is a huge pivot in his relationship with God because up to this moment, it has never been about the number or the talent. It's always been about the heart. And David's security had rested, come on, in the covenant relationship with God. And now he pivots to say, my security is in what I've built. The numbers that I have amassed now tell the story of my greatness rather than the God that put me here. Listen to what I'm saying. The amount in your account can be false. And I'm all for saving. I think you should save. Come on, Dave Ramsey. Tied 10, save 10, live on 80, you'll be fine. But the number of people your business serves, the number of people on your team, the number of people that even attend this church is not the only indicator of success. Yes, we want to look at numbers, but never at the expense of building our own kingdom. Look what I have done. Listen, as a believer, we want to have faith and we want to have reason. We want to study and we want to be informed. But numbers are not everything. And listen, numbers and science, and you can see it all in our society right now, we have elevated that. I am so grateful for the CDC. I'm so grateful for Fauci. But I'm telling you that if we're not careful, logic and numbers will produce a false security and we will lean on something. Come on. It will, if the president just is, if I can get another stimulus check, if I can do. And before we know it, just like David, we are looking for greater numbers to send us hope. No, 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 no. Your hope is in Jesus. Come on. Your hope is, listen, I don't need to see the numbers. I know who controls the numbers. I know, I know the one who moves. I know the one who opens doors. I know the one who calms the sea. Come on, does this make sense? Watch yourself. In order to stay tender, you have to stay submitted. A hard heart will not respond to the presence of God. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week. Thank you.